Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I created Data Mesh Radio to be a resource for Data Mesh practitioners the world over. This is a weekly summary episode where I share a bit about the upcoming week's episodes and give you an extended summary for any interviews or panels that will be released during that week. It's designed to help you decide what episodes you might want to spend the full time to listen to, as interview episodes and panels are typically more than one hour long. In general, if you were running up against any challenges with Data Mesh, I'm here to help. I started a company around doing just that, Data Mesh Understanding. So get in touch if I can be of help. Check out our free community programs and things like that as well. Weekly episode summaries and programming notes for the week of July 16th, 2023. So we did another really fun public roundtable this week. You know, thank you, JGP or Jean-Georges Perrin for uh, co-hosting with me. And then I also realized I wanted to start a LinkedIn group, kind of not going to be super crazy in there, but for people who want to team up and create content around data mesh, I myself struggle with creating written content. So I'm going to be teaming up with some people around that. Um, You know, in general, what kind of triggered this was I started to write up a mesh musing that's actually going to come out this week on data product success metrics. And then I tried to write just a single another one for implementation level success metrics. And well, in that one, I only covered platform success metrics at the implementation level. And that one was 60 to 80% longer than a normal mesh musing. Then I started to write another one that I thought I'd get really specific on so it could be kind of a little bit quicker around data quality. Well, that one went to almost 40 minutes of me straight talking. So, you know, the episode's going to be even longer than that with, you know, uh, the the beginning and end parts. So I'm thinking this stuff needs to be turned into a mini book if if people want to help with that. I'm also looking at starting to do, um, Tobias Macy from the Data Engineering Podcast had done a thing um, called like 97 things every data engineer should know. I think we need to do some of those for around data mesh. So if you're interested in doing some of those articles, you know, a two or three page article on an aspect of data mesh that you think everybody needs to know, get in touch. I think we're going to be doing a lot more on that written side as well. So if you want to get involved in any of those things, we're getting the community kind of back up and jumping and jiving. Get in touch if you want to be participated in those, especially the, the public roundtables. They're really fun on, on Thursdays. So what's on tap for, on Data Mesh Radio for this week? On Monday, we have episode 240, which is driving to better healthcare patient outcomes through, uh, through data, an interview with Smirti Kiruban So in healthcare, it's easy to lose sight of the patient in the data, focusing solely on a condition, you know, an area of the body or a set of data instead of actually focusing on the person. It's vitally important to be focused on the data through a lens of treating the patient as an entire person. So Smurdy and I talked about this and she takes us through 
how we can get better information for ourselves as patients and how organizations can also get better data and do so ethically so that we can all make for better patient outcomes. And then on Friday, we have episode 241, Data Product Success Metrics, a kind of deep dive, Mesh Musings number 51. So this one, again, was about some success metrics that you might want to look at for each data product in and of themselves. I think it's really important to, to do at the start, when you are starting to measure, it's more important to start measuring than it is to measure the right things. Do not let analysis paralysis hold you back. Don't lock into your metrics as to what you're measuring, but just get out there and start. Similarly, your success metric measurement framework will probably suck to start. Oh well, get to measuring. So do create a framework and tooling platform capabilities where necessary and useful to make measuring and reporting against success metrics simple for the teams, you know, where they can say, how successful is my data product? And they don't have to come up with kind of a presentation from scratch. So tell me about your data product. So tell me about the success of your data product. No, you want to provide them a framework to easily do that. That framework should be about defining the metrics and especially how to measure, but not what success looks like for individual data products, because every data product has a different use case. So what does success mean like? And then uh, another point is to just look into fitness functions. There was an episode with Dave Coles. I think it's 94 or 95 about fitness functions, if you're not familiar, but kind of dig into those. And here's some good metrics to consider for data products in kind of my personal order of usefulness. User satisfaction, user value, data quality, time to business decision, delivery to expectations, time to update. There's some interesting stuff in, in the episode, I think, around that. And then lastly, I think the least important is usage, at least usage in a vacuum. You can track usage over time and how that changes, but you're probably going to start by tracking usage, and that's okay. I give you full permission to start there. So now with that, on to the extended summary for Smirchie's episode. Extended summary for episode 240, Driving to Better Healthcare Patient Outcomes Through Data, an interview with Smirti Kirubanadan. In this episode, I interviewed Smirti, who's a healthcare and public health data expert at a large consulting firm. To be clear, though, she was only representing her own views in the episode. Much of the challenges and opportunities we discussed in this episode are more on the U.S. healthcare side because of the not-so-well-functioning healthcare system there. Smirti started out the conversation with a bit about her background and then jumped right into kind of a key challenge in data around healthcare today, treating the patient as a person and not a set of data points and measurements. How do we look holistically at a person and focus on what would be best for their health and life? The two are intrinsically linked. We still want to drive insights, but personalized care, at least in the U.S., seems to be on the out, and we can bring it back with better data. Can we actually interact with healthcare data at the person level instead of kind of at that billing code level? Smirti believes we can, that instead of letting the automated tooling make the calls, 
on important health decisions for people, such as if key procedures or tests are authorized by insurance, we can use the tooling to allow a more kind of quote-unquote intimate interaction with what the person is going through and how can we serve them best. That we can better leverage tools to make more humane decisions for folks. For Smirti, it's still a very tough challenge for how do we get data to interact across the various healthcare data silos, across the different companies and different aspects of looking at healthcare data and and things like that? How do we smoothly exchange this data? And how do we tackle the governance of making the data actually interconnect? Right now, physicians cannot see a large amount of crucial patient data. But is that on the patients to connect the data between the offices and facilities so doctors have a more complete view? You know, personal note is somebody who's had to go through that. It's really, really obnoxious to spend hours getting the offices to share the information with each other. So how do we maintain privacy if we're sharing information, though, across systems? What about ethics? Do we really want to give a lot of these companies very intimate health data? You know, another personal note, see the recent acquisition of One Medical by Amazon. Supposedly, I'm not 100% sure if this is true, but I've seen this reported a few different places. They're requiring patients to waive their HIPAA rights to get care at One Medical, which is just insane. They're saying you, you are waiving your rights to really any kind of privacy to get treated. Because there are so many challenges around integrating healthcare data across so many systems and silos, Smirti believes that one company itself can't make that big of an impact to the overall system. But each company being better about doing their part can help achieve a data-driven aspect to healthcare that leads to those better patient outcomes. There needs to be more of a concerted effort to collaborate in the right ways. So every organization should be looking to kind of lean into doing that, to lean into that collaboration, but no one organization can really make a huge dent unless more and more organizations do that same. In Smarty's view, it's very important to empower people to make better health decisions for themselves driven by their data. That means giving them access to more of their data, giving them the capabilities to leverage that data to make the decisions and then empowering them to actually act on those decisions. And those are three different aspects of it, right? There are some pretty basic things we can do to improve the health of our fellow citizens, and it's on a number of people to keep the pressure on to move forward on on those initiatives. Not one entity can do it alone, but we should all be pressing for better solutions. Smirty talked about three big challenges to sharing our data and driving better patient outcomes. The first is, how do we actually get data in front of our caregivers? How do we empower the individual to share that data? And how can the physicians or other caregivers access it and drive better patient decisions? The second is, how do we ensure digital equity? Many people don't have access to good internet. Many are not digitally literate enough to actually participate in data sharing. How do we empower them to participate in better health outcomes if they don't really know or can't really deal with the data? Then the final challenge she had talked about is, how do we actually share this data ethically and with empathy? All of these are being worked on, but it takes a very large cross-organization contingent to move things forward. Everyone can play a part, 
but it will take a lot of collective work. So we already talked about inter interoperability versus interconnectivity, and that's something she's really passionate about because interoperability doesn't really ensure that the two systems can ensure information all that well. It might be that your data is in a proper format, but your definitions between the two systems are, are different. Interconnectivity is about that two-way communication collaboration and easy integration between the systems around data in, in her definition. That interconnectivity is necessary to really supercharge our health data revolution that she wants to see. Smurdy talked about a challenge in data that many past guests have also touched on. How do you keep people focused on target outcomes instead of the minutia of the work, keeping them from getting lost in the code instead of what you are trying to achieve? It's key to have a shared vision about what is the goal and why are you doing the work? And if people lose sight of that, you need to bring them out of the weeds or you'll get very interesting solutions that don't solve actual problems. When asked why data work seems to not net the expected results all that often, you know, that kind of 80% plus of analytics initiatives don't meet expectations, Smirti pointed to difficulties in communication. It's not even that we aren't communicating, but the challenges around how do we communicate or how do we quickly iterate together and share small scale incremental learnings so reality and expectations are not constantly kind of drifting apart. Basically, communication is hard and we need to place more focus on getting it right and having a wider tolerance range initially of what you know that kind of right means. But there's no silver bullet. We need to be able to be vulnerable with each other and operate in some gray areas. Smurdy really believes in the concept of value-based care. But to get there, we need transparency around price and, and care. Individuals need to have access to their information, but also need to equip themselves with the knowledge of how to leverage their data to get better care. It isn't all on the care workers. It can't be. And in wrapping up, we talked a little bit about digital twins in healthcare. And that's something that Smurdy is really excited about. Digital twin of a person gives providers an ability to potentially test reactions to different treatment protocols, optimizing positive outcomes and hopefully minimizing negative outcomes. This is basically your mirror, your twin in data form. And then you can try all sorts of different treatments and see what might happen. Physicians can like test those multiple treatments simultaneously without experimenting on the patients themselves, right? It's not the best thing to do. So healthcare digital twins are in their very early stages, but she's quite excited about the possibilities. And I think it does sound quite interesting if, if we can kind of head down the right path with those. Hopefully it sounds like some awesome episodes for you coming up this week. As a reminder, feel free to get in touch if I might be useful in your data mesh journey helping quite a few organizations and introducing people to each other, plus doing some roundtables. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information. I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. Now on to that fun, funky little outro music.